Now, creature, give yourself to me. The spirit of vengeance will have his due tonight. Fight if you will, but I will taste your corrupted soul. Ghost Rider. Danny Ketch. Noble Gale. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to New Byland, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects. But away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards, we like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor. Tell the rest of the class your name, something about yourself, and what you're here to learn about today. Uh, my name is Mac. I'm here to learn about Marvel and the magic in the Marvel Universe. It's only been a year. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And uh, I've learned that leather does not melt when you put it in hell. Does leather melt? It kind of just burns. Yeah. But Having it, accidentally set leather on fire before, it just, it smells bad. Do you think he, do you think he smells bad all the time? Yes. Okay, brimstone's not fair. a great smell. <laughs> but like brimstone and burnt leather... Oh, I thought you meant just Danny. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> he probably he's mean to my boy. <laughs> he's from. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that in mind, today, Professor Z, what's our lesson? Uh, so we told you it's Danny Ketch. Really, it's kind of noble kale and Danny Ketch, and you'll understand as we go along here. But most importantly, it is the third Ghost Rider, the second of the Flaming Skullhead ones, the '90s guy, the source of most of the Ghost Rider stuff we know. And every time you read him, you just hear meh, 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 in yeah. the background. That's what I hear most of the time anyway. Right? <laughs> That's just your running thing to life. <laughs> First off, a warning. Last episode when we covered the part with uh, Zadkiel invading heaven, I promised that this episode I would try to cover it better. I cannot say that I have succeed will succeed in that promise. I can try. But that storyline is just confusing. Just fair warning. But we are going to start here with Noble Kale, the first ghost writer of the Kale family that later on descended to Johnny Blaze and Daniel Ketch. And we're going to kind of go back and forth between the two because it's the same thing. So 20,000 years ago, an immortal magical race known as the Blood, who from what I can tell are an offshoot of humanity ally with the original Spirits of Vengeance in a war against the demon Zarathos. Again, as we talked about last time, Zarathos, who is in the modern stories just another Spirit of Vengeance, was definitively not that. For most of this story. Because once again, we are trying to put a uh, cohesive storyline to Ghost Rider, the worst character to do cohesive storylines <laughs> with. Hey, Zarathos, are you Demon of Vengeance? No, no, that's not me. <laughs> To beat Zarathos, the blood created the mystical Medallion of Power, which houses the assembled power of this, all the spirits of vengeance. This is one argument for why Zarathos later on will look like a spirit of vengeance. Mm. The whole flaming skull head thing. A portion of Zarathos's power becomes trapped in the medallion, leading the blood to decide that the artifact is too dangerous to 
keep assembled, they break it into two pieces and put it in the bloodlines of two different families. I'm not 100% sure if it's like they're protecting it or if it's actually somehow in the blood or the family. It's, it's not crazy clear, and thanks mm. to magic, I could see either one being true. Headcanon is in the blood. Yeah, like they pull out some blood and it transforms into the... Or like a weird blood sacrifice ritual of like the firstborn of the generation. And into, the, spoiler alert, the gas cap of the motorcycle of Danny Ketch. <laughs> but, uh, I feel like it's one of those things where there's probably... There probably is half of a physical medallion in like some little pocket dimension somewhere that is accessed through blood. their blood. I mean, you had to touch the cap with blood to activate it. But because of the way this was written, because these aren't issues that are on the Marvel Unlimited app, so we, I had to use various mm-hmm. online research, it sure sounded like just, you know, inside Danny's, like, esophagus or something, or, like, it's just the a liver is half a medallion, <laughs> or I guess his mother, Naomi's. But either way, uh, the family's are overseen and protected by a member of the blood named the caretaker. Actually, the the lineage of the caretaker. I wouldn't call that protection. You haven't even met caretaker yet. That that's going to come up in a couple of episodes. So this arrangement lasts until the 17th century when a young puritan man because 17th century America named Noble Kale falls in love with a woman named Magdalena. This is, I forgot to look this up. Magdalena is like the name of a famous, I want to say biblical prostitute, but I'm not 100% certain. Magdalene. Oh, Mary of Magdalene? Is that who you're thinking of? Probably. I think there's an opera with a character named Magdalene. It's one of those names that comes up enough that I was like, I'm pretty sure that's from the Bible, but I don't actually <laughs> know. That looks like Bible. And didn't think to look it up before we pressed record. So good job, me. Fearing that his fire and brimstone pastor of a father would disapprove of his relationship with Magdalena, Noble just fails to tell anybody. Also, these guys are Puritans, so if he's the fire and brimstone preacher of the Puritans, that's kind of scary of how fire and brimstone this dude must be. Noble has a child with Magdalena, and shortly after, Magdalena discovers that Pastor Kale, Noble's father, is actually a servant of Mephisto, not God. Oops. <laughs> the name Magdalena is, in fact, derived from Mary of Magdalene. Oh, okay. Also, there is a great Monkeys song from their 2012 album called Me and Magdalena that I just want to shout out real quick. <laughs> yeah, not many people were still listening to the Monkeys by 2012, but I can see them putting or, out good 2016, stuff. sorry. Wow, okay. <laughs> Weren't like three of them dead by that point? Two? Oh, yeah, fair enough. 50%. So, in order to keep the secret that he is a servant of Mephisto, Pastor Kale has Magdalena branded as witch and burned at the stake. As she died, she curses Pastor Kale, uh, invoking the legendary Furies, who are just kind of lady demons in this, not the, like, mm. Furies, who will come up eventually, but not significantly, to seek vengeance in her name, and these ancient spirits go on a destructive rampage. Pastor Kale goes to get help from his pal Mephisto, offering his son's soul as payment. You know... Because Pastor Kale is a head. That is the important part of this story. I didn't catch that. Three were still alive. Sorry, the monkey's trivia really doesn't matter. No, but uh, we... (laughs) It's good to know these things. 
Mephisto recognizes the medallion shard within Noble Kale and activates it, transforming him into a living spirit of vengeance, a ghost rider. In the original storyline, the ghost rider. Like, this is theoretically the first time the ghost rider appears. We now know that that is wildly inaccurate. And he's not even the first ghost rider of this era. But not important to this. Noble defeats the Furies and begins to hunt both witches and uh, overzealous witch hunters. He eventually forms a fierce rivalry with the Lakota Ghost Rider Hellhawk, who is, in the last time's reading, the Ghost Rider we saw eaten by the Spirit of Corruption. Who looks super cool, by the way. Mm -hmm. Noble ultimately turns on his own father, who slew Noble's son as a sacrificial offering to the Ghost Rider. Which means, Noble's dad, Pastor Kale, killed Magdalena, his wife, girlfriend, whatever, turned him into a ghost rider and then slew Noble's son, his grandson, in offering to said ghost rider. Oh, okay. Not a great guy, (laughs) overall, is the point here. A horrified Noble tries to commit suicide, but Mephisto appears trying to claim his soul instead. Uh, The angel Uriel shows up at the same time, saying... Mr. Sunshine himself. Yeah, exactly. Such a happy guy to have with you. (laughs) Uh, Shows up at the same time, being like, no, 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 no. Noble belongs in heaven with me. And these two, Mephisto and Uriel, get bickering about it before finally deciding that neither one of them gets it, and Noble doesn't belong to either heaven or hell, but will be consigned to the void to be summoned forth by his descendants. Which, in some ways, is the worst of all possible options. (laughs) What? Why was he punished like that? I don't because want his dad sold his soul to the <laughs> devil and then sacrificed his son and his wife to him. I mean... Because Mephisto's a... Apparently <laughs> Uriel is too. <laughs> Uriel's one of the archangels, right? get trapped right? in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, that would suck. What reference are you doing? Dogma. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Uriel is very rarely, like a good guy in Earl, any Earl story I've ever read. Like, he's not, you know, the devil, but... He's he's like the Nick Fury of angels. Yeah, so he makes some choices, man. Fair enough. There's always one. Uh, Noble's soul starts appearing in the firstborn son of his descendants, or the firstborn of his descendants. It does not have to be a man. Which, oddly progressive for the 90s, where they were still very obsessed with the firstborn son kind of things. With documented occurrences during World War I, uh, Naomi Kale, the mother of Dan Ketch, will transform into him as well as various others. He becomes the spirit of vengeance that is infecting the Ketch family. He is supposed to go to John Blaze, but Naomi, his mother, we talked about this last week, is the one that makes a deal with Mephisto to keep Johnny from becoming the Ghost Rider. That's the one where Mephisto quibbles and he's like, well, he'll become a Ghost Rider, but not the Ghost Rider. <laughs> That's my jerk voice, I guess. I just do it a lot. Um, also, he saved his dad from cancer with death. Ooh, but that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Naomi takes Danny and Barbara, Danny's older sister, and just ditches Johnny at the circus and takes her arm off uh, and ditches them with, ba- not Barbara, with um, Francis Catch. Francis Catch, thank you. And immediately ditches them as well. None of these people are aware that she exists. Johnny represses the memory. Danny was like maybe two, so it was pretty easy to 
not remember that. And Barbara, if she knows, did not reveal it before she beefs it within the first 20 issues of this story. I mean, she does turn to beef, I guess. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Long pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Danny grows up as a nice, ordinary boy, and thanks to weird callbacks that people who read comics in the 90s like to do, uh, would appear in various stories, including Marvel's and a Spider-Man Human Torch team-up story that was showing, like, different eras of history Mm. as a kid. And he appears at the very end of Marvel's, where this guy who's made his career off of, um photographing the marvels from like the appearance of the human torch through Mm -hmm. the death of Gwen Stacy is like, I'm a normal man. Now take a picture with this normal boy with me to celebrate me having nothing to do with superheroes anymore. And it's Dan catch. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) Uh, and then later on, he's really funny. (laughs) It was very good. Marvels is an extremely good comic. If you've never read it, come Uh, here, young little, what's your name? Danny catch. This normal child where nothing bad and superhero will happen to him. Why is his head on fire? I mean, at that, he was way before head on fire stage. Faintly smell of burnt leather. And then then later on, they're like, oh man, the human torch and uh, Spider-Man were messing around with the Spidey-mobile. Now this kid on the street, what did you think? And he's like, it was cool. I like superheroes. I'm in the fifth grade. Light my head on fire. I mean, he will do that later on in this story. Congratulations. Yeah. And I mean, like, at, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> so on Halloween night, because it was the early 90s and teenagers are extra edgelord at the best of times, Danny and his sister Barbara decide to go to a graveyard to give her the opportunity to take pictures of the grave of Harry Houdini. Man, which, that's insane in the membrane. In fairness, is just a thing people do. In real life, Harry Houdini's grave will not get left alone. He pulled the ultimate Houdini. Oh, so for everyone at home, it's because it's the Cypress Hill Cemetery. Mm -hmm. Insane in the membrane. Okay. Insane in the brain. brain. (laughs) I will say at this beginning point, it is one of the things that I love about 90s comics that this next bit is going to have no logical plot progression because it's kind of like when my nephew, who when he was a little younger, would tell me stories. So you'd be like, they're in the cemetery. And you'd be like, okay. And they're like, and then the ninjas attacked. <laughs> like, where'd the ninjas come from? He's like, that's not important. They're the ninjas, ninjas attacked. <laughs> you don't see them coming. So these two run into a uh, confrontation between some of the Kingpin's gangsters and ninjas working for a man named Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Realizing that someone is around, the ninjas immediately turn around and shoot Barbara in the chest with a... Arrow. Crossbow? I don't remember if it's a crossbow or a normal bow. I think it's a crossbow. Yeah, Um, it's like a crossbow bolt. Um, But yeah, she gets shot in the chest. A young group of teenage hooligans named the Cypress Hill Jokers manage to steal in all of the chaos uh, the various canisters that these two people are fighting over while Danny takes his sister and tries to hide in a mausoleum where he finds a perfectly nice motorcycle. Man, all that sort of stuff is just what happens when you try to be a rap superstar. Live large. You're making more references I don't get, but I'm going to keep going with it. (laughs) Danny, who as far as we can tell has never ridden a motorcycle before, but in fairness is being chased by ninjas while his sister bleeds out in his arms, is like, well, 
Time to figure this out. Time to ride a motorcycle. Touches the gas cap of the motorcycle, not realizing that it is the medallion of power that has tracked his family for generations. I couldn't find this, but I'm pretty sure it turns out that Caretaker put the motorcycle there knowing Danny was going to find it because Caretaker was the caretaker of Cypress Hill Cemetery. Okay, yeah. But I, do, I cannot confirm that that's where the bike came from. In the 20 issues that we read, no one bothers to answer that question. I mean, also let's, they just let's up. be real. We know it was Caretaker. Yes. <laughs> um, immediately transforms into the Ghost Rider, fights off the various people, drops off Barbara Ketch at the hospital, transforms back into a human, and he's like, oh my god, what happened to me? Starting Danny's long and admittedly pretty illustrious career as the Ghost Rider. Well, a scarring career for the Ghost Rider. <laughs> Both things are true. It's an <laughs> illustrious career. It's not a great time for Danny. No. I want to I want to take this moment to take <laughs> a little bit of issue with the way part of this is written up on the Marvel database. Mm -hmm. Because it says here, Ghost Rider rushed Barbara to a hospital, but her severe wounds left her in a deep coma. Fair enough. Accurate. Right? And eventually she died. Wait a minute. <laughs> This is why you have to read both the Noble Kale one and the Danny Catch one, because it's really skims through a lot of his ghostwriter experiences. <laughs> well, the Noble Kale one's like, let's talk about all of them. And I'm like, God, this is like... And nothing more. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Now, this... wait, and eventually she died. And that's all. Oh, boy. She wasn't eaten. <laughs> now, this ghostwriter immediately shows multiple differences from the original, where the original was the kind of loner Western story. This Ghost Rider is firmly ensconced in the Marvel Universe in a way that Johnny never was. I mean, he, first mission, he appears against the Kingpin. Who's he, awesome. he doesn't interact with them directly, but like mm -hmm. gets involved cool Kingpin. in Kingpin stories. Death Watch, who is a weird demon guy who is leading a bunch of ninjas... Gets into a gang war with the Kingpin. Because why not? Uh, he also hires a villain named Blackout, who is a pseudo-vampire. Also the child of the demoness Lilith. Blackout will get a little more in one of our later things. I don't think I knew that about uh, Blackout. Yeah, I found out when I was reading this. He doesn't have real vampire fangs. He's got mechanical ones that he put in there because he's so over the top about I'm a vampire. That's fair. Because he's got a skin condition that can't go out in the light. I'm a vampire. He also has powers that, you know, like, make things dark around him. He's a very 90s villain. The Kingpin and Blackout's, not Blackout, um, uh, Death Watch's men end up chasing down the Cypress Hill Jokers. Ghost Rider is forced to save them all. And in the process, Blackout, for some reason, decides that it's a good idea to do his murder technique on Danny Ketch, the Ghost Rider's neck, but his head is on fire. Yeah. So he catches on fire because uh -huh. he bit a guy, again, on fire <laughs> and burned his face Yeah. and decided that this is all Danny's fault, that his beautiful face is now all messed up and not... Well, when you say it that I'm way... I'm sorry. I know he's a crazy partial demon man that is, like, pretending to be a vampire with mechanical vampire teeth. But he literally stuck his face in a bonfire and decided it was the bonfire's fault that that went badly. I mean, 
It it's really... Like, <laughs> it's the stupid, obvious version. Like, I bring up this character a lot, and we'll eventually get to this story when we're talking about the Distinguished Competition and their magic users. But there's a storyline where the King of All Vampires bites John Constantine, not knowing he has demon blood. Oh, no. And so it screws him up, uh-huh. and he's left to, like, perish in the sunlight. But this is just like the dumb version of that. <laughs> I it's see like, you're flaming. You can't look at Constantine and see that he has demon blood. You can look at Ghost Rider and see that he's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I'll still bite it. <laughs> so generally at night, Ghost Rider ends up uh, going out meeting Justice the Unwilling, or not the Unwilling, the, I mean, they are unwilling. the deserving. Yeah, I mean, fair. Uh <laughs> Subjecting them to the penance stare, which, as a reminder, if you do not remember from the last episode, and this is where the penance stare first appears, makes you feel all of the pain that you have inflicted on people in your life. Many people seem to think it's worse than death. This Ghost Rider is also very clearly not a killer, though his rage is getting to the point that every once in a while people have to talk him out of it. I mean, some of the panels we saw... Those people aren't getting back up after he's been. Yeah, he does run some people over with his flaming tires a couple of times. He also, like, smashes this one guy in the head with his chain, and there's no way a normal dude gets up (laughs) after that. (laughs) Also, the chain is super cool. Not only is it just, now it's a bar, now it's a chain, now it has, like, whatever length I seem to want it to be. Now it's ninja stars. Yeah, the various uh, links of the chain can disconnect and just like ninja star bullets launching at people when he needs to take out a crowd. It's great in all of the 90s excess kind of ways that happen. Now, when I mention that Ghost Rider, this Ghost Rider is much more ensconced in the Marvel Universe, part of that is because he's in New York City. And part of that is just he's encountering character after character after character. Within the first, we've read 20 issues and we'll discuss them at the end of this, He encounters the original X-Factor, which is the original five X-Men. He encounters uh, the Punisher, who he takes on the Flag Smasher with. He fights Mr. Hyde, a pretty significant Captain America villain, Mm -hmm. who will also be the first villain that Robbie Reyes goes up against, turning this into a, I guess, mainstay of... Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider villains to fight, which is weird because you're a terrible, like, that's a terrible choice for Hyde to go up against. Like, <laughs> he admits he's it too. He's like, I can't. Wildly misplanned. He teams up kind of unwillingly with Spider Man. Yep. <laughs> and Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, but we'll get to him in a moment, uh, to face off the Hobgoblin. Now, this is the weird 90s Hobgoblin, mm-hmm. who I'm going to explain real quick because he's not important enough to get his own episode. But he does exist. He's awesome. He's wild. (laughs) I love this Hobgoblin. This Hobgoblin is a man named Jason McIndale, who was originally a villain known as the Jack-O-Lantern, who just kind of had the Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin shtick with a different Mm -hmm. design. He steals the Hobgoblin's uh, stuff after claiming he killed Hobgoblin. He did not. Then, after he keeps getting punked by Spider-Man mostly, but also occasionally Harry Osborn as the Green Goblin, he makes a deal with a demon during the Inferno crossover event, which we might get to in this. I'm not sure where I would put it yet. It's a weird X-Men crossover that involves demons coming to Earth. 
to turn him into an actual hobgoblin demon thing. And he spends a long time going... Yeah. And biting people. And blowing things up. Mm -hmm. uh, during this time, he finds religion because it turns out he quickly realized making a deal to become a goblin demon thing was a terrible idea. Weird. <laughs> and uh, starts deciding to purify people for the Lord, which is what he is doing here. He eventually will separate from the demon goblin thing, becoming an extremely forgettable cyborg version of the hobgoblin, while the demon energy will become the demo goblin. That is basically this, but with a black and red motif that looks way better if we're being 100% mm. honest. That one also has a goblin glider that is made of fire. Ooh. Actually, demo goblin's pretty cool. <laughs> Very forgettable, but pretty cool. During this time, Blackout discovers who... Ghost Rider is as Danny Ketch, and in revenge, uh, murders everyone. Barbara. Well, I mean, threatens to murder everyone and murders several people, but most importantly, murders Barbara, his sister, who was getting better and might have been coming out of the coma soon. Barbara gets fridged hard. I'm she sews up just long enough to be like, you're a pretty cool older sister, and then spends the rest of the time being emotional fodder for Danny. I think fridge is a relative terms since I don't think there's a lot of leftovers to put in there after she dies. Jesus. <laughs> Do you know what the term fridged is? Yeah. Okay. We talked about it forever ago. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I don't... As there was a joke I couldn't pass it up. Uh, Dan swears revenge from the death... Uh, of the death of his sister and decides that he will kind of start to embrace the Ghost Rider thing. Although he spends a lot of time going back and forth between like, I think the Ghost Rider's trying to help. Man, I'm really scared of the Ghost Rider. I think he's trying to help. I'm going to use this. Oh, man, that's terrifying. And this power is a drug. Anyways, I'm going to use it. <laughs> now, admittedly, I am doing a really terrible job of remembering what happens in exact chronological order of all of these things. Because I read most of these stories in a single day, and the Marvel app, or the Marvel wiki, does not do a great job of this either. <laughs> Johnny Blaze... Fearing that this is Zarathos returned, shows up, kidnaps Danny Ketch, and spends a lot of time being like, I'm going to have to kill you. I don't want to, but I'm going to have to kill you. And kind of psychologically tortures Danny for a while here. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, that's a really terrible place to put. This is my favorite version of Johnny Blaze. The post-Ghost Rider Johnny who's wearing a leather jacket, has the ponytail because it's the 90s, and has, like, part of his old Ghost Rider, like, stunt riding uniform. And oh, a yeah, shotgun. Yeah. And a shotgun. It's somehow just super cool to me. Like, And he has a really... He, when, he, when he eventually turns into the mentor, he's, like, a really cool... Yes, mentor. the mentor is really my favorite version. This is the version that leads to the mentor. I do wonder how his wife keeps finding him and calling in, because this is before caller ID, and this is definitely before cell phone. So she's just, like, cold-calling hotels, being like, Johnny, no. Okay, Johnny, no. Johnny, when are you coming home? Please don't kill the Ghost Rider. Oh, you're gonna? Okay, love you, bye. Love um, you. <laughs> she probably has a map, and she's like, well, these hotels. <laughs> Johnny shoots the Ghost Rider, uh, terrified that he is Zarathos. In the process, this somehow, and I've read this issue, and I still don't fully understand how it happened, the Hellfire gets entered into Johnny's gun, turning into the Hellfire shotgun. It now has unlimited ammo and shoots Hellfire and is just wicked cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I hear the doom music whenever he pulls out that shotgun. Oh, yeah. His mu- uh, I was going to say his music. His motorcycle will later also get some Hellfire stuff and gets the flaming wheels, although it doesn't become a full-on hell cycle like he has as the Ghost Rider or as Danny has. Mm-hmm. Also, Danny's Ghost Rider hell cycle, I really love the weird battering ram that's part of it, even mm-hmm. though it's, like, super goofy. Where it comes down and, like, yeah. Yes. Like, it mechanically lowers down, but... Sure, why not? At first, Danny keeps being like, you have to let me go. I need to go stop Blackout. He's at, I think it was Central Park, and threatening people. And Johnny's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But then Danny escapes, and he's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to go help. Like, I can't let weird wannabe vampire man go kill those people. I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Those two go together, help defeat Blackout. Temporarily, Blackout escapes again, and he realizes that for sure, this Ghost Rider is not Zarathos, and starts becoming a pseudo-mentor, teaching him to street brawl, honestly. Hmm? Like, most of the time, when especially in this era, when we see people learn to fight, it's like, I'm gonna learn the martial arts, and Johnny Blaze straight up makes fun of that in this storyline, going, that's dumb. I'm going to teach you how to kick a guy in the nuts. Like, yeah. um, like, I'm going to teach you how to win, not to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the no Queensbury rules line that comes up in all of that. Because I like making fun of Queensbury rules. Somewhere during this time, and I straight up do not know where <coughs> this takes place in the timeline. Because it is mentioned, but it happens in a different comic. Danny Catch teams up with Wolverine the Hulk, and Spider-Man after a scroll tricks them into thinking the Fantastic Four is dead and sends them on a mission to go do a thing, creating the new Fantastic Four, which I read last night and is just so delightful of a weird (laughs) storyline. This is actually where Danny Ketch and Johnny Blaze team up with Spider-Man to stop the Hobgoblin who has kidnapped Francis Ketch after she was being used by a new Sin Eater who was promising that he could uh, return her return her to her lost daughter, but what he really meant was, I'm going to kill you in a mausoleum and then eat you. Yes. Sin eaters are just the worst every time. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> she no, just, she he's just, wrong! She, she just didn't ask for the details. <laughs> he is wrong. He's not lying. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be returned to her daughter. This <laughs> is the one-way trip. Uh, also during this time, an all-female mercenary group called HEART, and it is an acronym for something that I did not think to write down. Yes, it is. Decide to team up. They are a super edgelord 90s <laughs> mercenary group Very that 90s. was super popular in the time of like, look at these cool mercenaries. They all have super weird sci-fi guns and some weird techno armor that doesn't hide much. In fairness, that was true of both men and women who were in these weird mercenary groups. They were never very effective. The main thing of these ones is they got a helicopter. Uh, He will also begin to fight the murderer Zodiac, who I'm not fully sure what, who or what he was, because those did not get finished in the comics that we read. Uh, And this era is, a lot of these characters aren't popping up on the Marvel wiki as much, Uh but he does seem to be a demon. Created by demons was the definite implication when him Mm. and Doctor Strange... When Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange go to the demon land and are like, why do you have Zodiac? Why does he work for you? And they're like, we made him. 
Also, he attacked Ghost Rider with a fire hose, which I love. <laughs> He's like, fire, water. <laughs> Zodiac looks goofy, but is actually not a terrible villain. I know, he's pretty good. He seems to be able to summon the powers of the Zodiac, and I think part of the confusion is there have been about 15 different characters named Zodiac in Marvel, and I'm not even counting the organization that called itself Zodiac. That's a lot. Or the criminal cartels that called themselves Zo the Zodiac. Uh, kidnapped by the, I guess, demon, the Lord of Nightmares, named Nightmare, mm -hmm. believing him to be Zarathos, he found heart. What does it stand for? Humans engaging all racial terrorism. But that's not. Yeah. The 90s loved his acronyms. Doesn't mean they're good acronyms. No. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare shows up and is like, Zarathos, I'm going to stop you, I guess, for some reason, or manipulate. Wait, you're not Zarathos. What's going on? Then really setting off the, I am all over our timeline, and I so apologize. That's fine. But uh, really setting off the, who is this Ghost Rider? He's clearly not Zarathos. Part of the problem of this is that uh, Moon Rider, or not Moon Rider, Ghost Ooh. Rider, he's going to meet Moon Knight in a second, so my brain was like, Boop. Moon Rider um, would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Uh <laughs> Ghost Rider was a guest starring in a lot of comics. The guest star was a big thing because it's either we're going to have this character that we think will do well guest star in another book that sells well in the hope of boosting sales or have this popular character guest star in a book that's not selling as well in another attempt to boost sales. Mm. So you can only appear in one other book a month, but he's meeting Thor. He's meeting Moon Knight. He's meeting the X-Men. He's meeting the Punisher. He's meeting Spider-Man. He's meeting, I mean, like, Everybody, because this book sold like freaking hotcakes. It's really good. He also ends up teaming up with a British techno sorcerer group from uh, Marvel, the Marvel Britain line called Miss Tech. <laughs> M Y S dash Tech. Mm -hmm. But at least it's T E C H and not T E K. Like it's not going full overboard on the stupid tech name. Mm. Ghost Rider assists Cloak and Dagger against the Demon Despair aids Quasar and others against the forces of Maelstrom. He teams up with the Punisher again to deal with the traveling, drug-dealing fortress, the Roaring Island. I don't even know what that means. What? He fights the Hand alongside Daredevil. He joins the mutant Cable, clashing with a subterranean cult named the Grateful Undead. That's a bad name. <laughs> Ghost Rider and Punisher and Wolverine are summoned to Christtown where they meet Blackheart, the uh, son of Mephisto who tries to recruit them to slay Mephisto. They instead team up and beat up Blackheart. Like you do. Uh, they save a young empath named Lucy Crumb, and Lucy will later summon the trio again to banish Blackheart a second time. Why does that name sound familiar? Blackheart? No, Lucy Crumb. I don't know. Robert Crumb was a famous comic creator, but I really doubt you read 70s underground comics. No. Uh, comics with an X. It is Crumb, is that... Oh, it's from Harry Potter. Anyways. <clears throat> <laughs> he'll team up again with Spider-Man to take on the Sinister Six. Uh, he'll face Nightmare again with the alien Sleepwalker. He will fight Deathwatch agents, Hag, Troll, Snowblind, the Demon Gorn, the Werewolf cult called the Brain Eaters, and the Demon Decay with his Legion of Vengeance. I mostly just wanted to name those names because they all sound freaking awesome. He's been busy. Yes. We should also point out, his series ran for 93 issues. Like, a modern series get, usually gets canceled within 24 yeah. issues. This one went for years. 
the whole time a huge recurring villain of this is Blackout, who at one point tears out Dan's throat. Uh, he transforms into the Ghost Rider to save Dan's life, but is unable to turn back. Uh, trapped in the void, he's barely able to converse with Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider is slowly kind of coming apart because he's losing connection with his human host, which is part of what keeps him sane. During this time, he'll team up with various other individuals like Johnny Blaze, Morbius the Living Vampire, uh, Blade and the Darkstalkers, and a few others to face off the demoness Lilith, forming the informal group known as the Midnight Suns. Mm -hmm. uh, during this time, he'll journey to New Orleans to track down a group of alien brood and teams up with the X-Men to take on the Brood Queen. The Brood are weird kind of bug aliens. They were really kind of tapping into the popularity of the Xenomorph from the Aliens Oh, we've characterized them in a Doctor Strange... Uh, I, yes! Yeah. It's... The crossover's a lot of fun. It's on Marvel Unlimited. This is like the Jim Lee era X-Men, too. So you are getting peak 90s X-Men at the same time. Like, Bishop appeared like four issues before this. Sweet. It's Excellent. brand new. He is briefly possessed by a Brood himself... But Dan Ketch, while floating in the void, is able to resist the alien's control. Aided by Johnny Blaze and the X-Men, Ghost Rider slays the Brood Queen. Doctor Strange helps restore Dan to normal, and Dan begins evaluating his work as the Ghost Rider. He's like, well, Ghost Rider's a force of good, but man, um, I would really like to have a normal life with my girlfriend, Stacy, who Zack has failed to mention this entire freaking time, despite appearing in the very first issue. I like to think he's in his Ghost Rider form and he's done with work and he's goes home. She's like, why, why don't you just turn off? And he's like, can't. Can't. <laughs> Sitting at the dinner table. Can't do it. <laughs> Stacy is the daughter of Captain Dolan, a police officer who was a major father figure for Dan. Uh, she is his longtime girlfriend and at the beginning of the series, has just joined the police academy, hoping to become a cop herself. She'll later actually join S.H.I.E.L.D. in a super, uh, in a team designed to take on superhumans. Oh. She's pretty good. Mm-hmm. During this time, Blaze and Dan get closer and discover that they are brothers, realizing that they are both adopted, not knowing that in any case. Uh, Ghost Rider teams up with Spider-Man in an attempt to capture both Venom and a group of Deathspawn, which I guess are some kind of demons, who are... See oh, uh, Deathspawn are the ninjas who are working for Deathwatch. Deathwatch was killed somewhere oh. in this process. Oh, well, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, I suppose. Deathwatch is a pretty forgettable villain beyond the fact that I think his mask is cool. And he can, like, scan your memories. Yeah, but then, I mean, whatever. I wonder how that would work with a pen and stare. Like, if he started first, yeah. but that could be a feedback loop. Because <laughs> he uh, sees it twice. <laughs> after Zarathos is unleashed, he mates with Lilith and schemes to resurrect the Fallen, a group of his former caretaker, or for, or former followers. At this point, Caretaker reveals the origins of the Medallion of Power, and reveals that Dan and John are brothers, the part that I just mentioned. Armed with this new knowledge, Ghost Rider confronts Zarathos in a battle that seemingly destroys them both, though Ghost Rider reconstitutes himself weeks later, just prior to the murder of Johnny Blaze's wife, Roxanne. Women are not well treated in this series, we're being real honest here. No, no they are not. Uh, Dan moves into a new apartment and begins to try to assert more control of his life. He is plagued by Blackheart, 
uh, as the Ghost Rider, and he breaks up with Stacy because his life is falling apart. Uh, teaming up with Doctor Strange, he discovers that he is related to the young sorceress Jennifer Kale, who is the... I'm blanking this. We covered that. Is she... She's not the romantic interest of Werewolf by Night. She's the romantic... No. She is the romantic interest of Werewolf by Night, not the man thing, because that is Topaz. Mm. We right. both teamed up together yes. in Witches, which is why I get them confused, because they were just complete carbon... Co- I'm going to stop making fun of witches now. Witches. I'm not, but, you know. <laughs> Jennifer Kale helps uh, Dan by making various people forget that he is the Ghost Rider. Having discovered the past of Noble Kale, Ghost Rider begins working with Dan on a much more intuitive basis instead of uh, trying to work together, but kind of having trouble merging like let's talked about noble helps him reconcile with stacy he ends up teaming up with brother voodoo and dracula's daughter lilith who is different than the demoness lilith that he's fought before to repel another attack by the scarecrow who after he died facing the ghost rider has come back as someone with the ability to just steal bodies oh he straight up died last time we saw him he had like fallen off of he jumped off of his arm and impaled himself on his how would you be feeling after you impaled yourself on a pitchfork? And he wanted to talk about everyone's insides. <laughs> I thought he was fine. He got carried off by two weirdos. Uh, he will team up with Daredevil during this time, and they come to blows, like straight up just fighting each other, over their differing methods in capturing a psychotic killer, with Daredevil just trying to take him out, and Ghost Rider being like, you will feel my pain through the penance stare. But he did that with the Punisher, too. He does it with everybody. He fights everybody. <laughs> Blackheart, pissed off that Ghost Rider doesn't help him take over uh, his daddy's realm, creates his own spirits of vengeance named Wallow, Doghead, Verminous Rex, and Pau Fu. They invite Noble to join them, but kill him when he refuses. Okay. Already going great. Yes. (laughs) Noble's soul is sent to hell where Blackheart tries to corrupt him by telling him that he'll restore Noble's moral form and lift the family curse in exchange for Noble's pledge to marry both Pao Fu and the mysterious Black Rose, who is secretly a resurrected Roxanne Blaze. Rude. Noble agrees, but Dan is unwilling. Now, fully separated as the Ghost Rider, Dan is guided through hell by the spirit of Naomi Kale. And was ki- uh, his mother and is killed after revealing that Noble's true destiny was to become the Angel of Death. Taking the the destiny. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, right? Just let's take a moment to let that sink. Taking the powers that come with this title, Noble slays Blackheart and assumes the throne of hell. He then resurrects Dan and sends him back to Earth as a way of thanking him for all of his help over the years. Thanks for the sick wings. I have a scythe now. Now, (laughs) another version of this says Johnny and Naomi are the ones that resurrect him, so it might be that they resurrect his body while Noble sends the soul back, but I'm not 100% Mm. sure. To make this more confusing, Ghost Rider got canceled with epi- er, issue 93 because Marvel had just declared bankruptcy. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Uh, after a series of bad choices across the 90s. They were wrapping the series up already, but they had a rule as part of their bankruptcy survival that they were not allowed to publish a book that they thought might not make a profit. So, issue 94, which was already written and drawn, was never released. Until 10 years later, when it was released as Ghost Rider Finale in 2007. 
Oh. So it ends without wrapping anything up, and then ten years later, because they were going to start doing more Ghost Rider stuff, <laughs> they, they released that issue, because what the hell, they haven't. Mm-hmm. Noble briefly spends the time as a leader of Hell. He aids the werewolf by night, a.k.a. Jack Russell, uh, in tracking down a serial killer, but he is forced out of Hell when a coup occurs. Unlike Johnny Blaze, he does not try nearly as hard to keep in control of Hell. Sent to Earth, but falling apart because he has no mortal so- or mortal connection, he races across New York, leaving a bunch of fire in his wake and causing a bunch of damage while being chased by Spider-Man. He tells Spider-Man that he's falling apart, and the two literally just happen to run into Dan Ketch, who's like walking down the street and sees the two of them and is like, Noble, what's going on there, big guy? Realizing that Noble will fall apart and the Ghost Rider has to have a mortal form, Danny recombines with the Ghost Rider, becoming the Ghost Rider once again, accepting his destiny. This story was written when Howard Mackey, the original creator of Dan Ketch, was writing Spider-Man and was unhappy with how everything ended, especially with it being uncompleted. He had left the book years before, but still, he had that a connection, and decided to try to give Dan some kind of proper send-off so he could be reutilized as a character again. He, of course, was ignored when they decide to go back to using Johnny Blaze as the Ghost Rider instead, and will not appear again for the better part of ten years in comics. Dan Ketch, despite accepting that the Ghost Rider is part of him and that he needs to do this, the next time we see him has gotten a sorceress, I believe a technomancer, named Mary LeBeau, uh, not Marie LeBeau, but obviously based off that, to exercise Noble from him, <laughs> which feels wildly disrespectful. He's pulling to the <laughs> Uh, what happens to Noble is unclear, although later on, a man named the Highwayman will m- claim that he fed Noble Kale to another demon. However, we will later see Noble Kale in some of the, uh, here are all of the Ghost Rider group scenes. And I am choosing to believe that he is the Ghost Rider that repossesses Danny later. I'm not 100% sure on that, but when we see Danny later on, like in the series that we read for last time, he seems to have all of his Noble Kale-specific powers back. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he remerges with Noble or what, but I really hope that's what eventually happens. Now, at this point, nothing good happens to Danny because we're going to enter into the dreaded Zadkiel story that some people really like, so I should stop making fun of it. I just don't. It gets worse? (laughs) Buddy. (laughs) after being exercised of danny he realizes that he has become utterly addicted to literally addicted to the power of the ghost rider and he attempts to immolate himself in times square so set himself on fire in times square while begging for the power of the ghost rider to come back (laughs) i hope that was televised told you it got worse (laughs) man i wish i was on fire right now (laughs) He becomes a drunk, a thing he never really kicks from the then on, who fights bar thugs for kicks. He's approached by the mysterious Mr. Eleven, who had been a background character in uh, the Ghost Rider story at this point, who has disguised himself as a talking crow, 
who repeatedly encounters Ketch and gives him doses of the Ghost Rider power, uh, feeding his addiction. During this time, admittedly, this is pretty cool. He gets blue flames instead of the traditional red red flames, which I thought was a fun way to uh, mm-hmm. differentiate him from Johnny Blaze if they are go- both going to be Ghost Riders at the same time. Mm. Mr. Eleven uh, uses this addiction to win him over to serving Zadkiel. And during this time, uh, explains to him the true history of the Spirits of Vengeance. Danny discovers that he can absorb the power of other Ghost Riders if he defeats them. And Zadkiel appears taking away Danny's pain from the overdosing that he keeps doing with Ghost Rider powers and sends him off to take off other Ghost Riders claiming that he is uh, saving their souls. Mm. He's also killing them, but whoops. Um, saving their souls is fine. This is really... Before Danny... Ha- I mean, from the very beginning, Danny has that kind of, like, addiction to the Ghost Rider powers showing, but this is where Danny really has the addiction coming in full front. He can't escape the power of the Ghost Rider... Uh, and wants it desperately anytime it's not there, but desperately wants to kick the habit anytime it happens. He's a math addict. Yeah, sort of. I mean, he's a drunk. He's a math addict. <laughs> I think more people would do meth if you became a ghostwriter if that happened. And too many people do meth way. already. You probably feel that way. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the meth kick. I'm seen, the ghost. <laughs> I write again. I don't know. I shouldn't say what it depends. Like, I, I've never done meth. I don't know Vengeance. what it's like. <laughs> not even just once? Not, not even, even once. <laughs> All the terrifying posters they put up in uh, around Montana <laughs> scared me away before I even knew what meth was. I had to watch the weird commercials over and over again. Oh man, in health I don't. The Montana meth project messed my generation up. Yeah. Also, don't do meth. So I guess kind of thank you, but like thanks for the trauma. Oh god. <laughs> the next time Danny is seen, he's hiding in shadows, speaking on the phone with the head nurse hunting Johnny Blaze. Uh, with the sign of Zadkiel in his hand. He then encounters Lucas, I guess that'd be Collier, but it's uh, C-O-L-L-I-E-R, a young boy Blaze was trying to save and convinces this boy to kill himself, going on into full-on meth addict, demon addict, villain character for a while. Danny goes off killing various Ghost Riders with awesome names, accidentally feeding the power to Zadkiel, not realizing that Zadkiel is using this to siege heaven in an attempt to take over again. Basically, here's the second rebellion of heaven, but this time I'm a win. Uh, During this time, Danny attacks and murders the caretaker, his old kind of buddy, kind of mentor, kind of tormentor. Caretaker was not a nice man. Hmm. Has caretaker and Whistler ever hung out? I don't know if Whistler actually exists in the comics. I will know I feel by the like time they the must have, comes up, but... I feel like they must have eventually introduced... A Whistler? A, yeah, a version of Whistler, just because of how popular those movies were, and how much they had already changed the character of Blade. To but Whistler is pretty much caretaker, and is... Um, that's what, Chris Christopherson? No. Yeah, yes. yeah it's Chris Christopherson. <laughs> I don't know who the Whistler is, but I... I uh, have a. You will when we get to Blade! (laughs) I have a flashback to uh, some X Files characters. (laughs) Uh, But, anyways, he kills Caretaker and tries to destroy the archives. However, Caretaker's granddaughter, Sister Sarah, arrives to speak with Caretaker before he dies, fails to catch Danny, but does get all of the knowledge of the Caretaker line uploaded into her brain somehow. Oh, nice. Not really. 
<laughs> I know we've done that bit like four times today, but like, ugh. We will get to stories where people have a good time, but it will not be until after we leave the hell and monster section of this story. I mean, people weren't having good time with Doctor Strange. Thor has a great time in his life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but really, it's not until then. Danny Ketch continues to go on his I'm murdering all of the uh, various ghost riders. I'm going to list off a couple of names because, again, they're pretty cool. Bai Gu Jing, Yoshi Kanabe, Baron Skullfire, the Phantom Riders, and Marionette Bois uh, Chech. Uh, during this time, he will also face his brother, who both do the penance there on each other, putting uh, Johnny into a kind of semi-coma. Nice. He is not really in a coma, but he is wandering around in a relative stupor. Well, he deserves it. Also, Baron Skullfire. <laughs> it's sweet. Right. <laughs> That's the coolest name ever. Baron Skullfire, who's got a whole kind of voodoo thing going on, wears a cool suit and a top hat. This is my type of ghost rider. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he's dead. So the remaining ghost riders gather together to attempt to take out Danny and take out Zadkiel. Hmm. Uh, Danny shows up uses a new power where he creates avatars of himself out of Hellfire to fight the various Ghost Riders, because at this point, he's got the power of about 50 Ghost Riders coursing through his super-addicted body. This is like the guy that's been on cocaine for three weeks and nothing is going well in life anymore, but he feels super powerful. His house is clean, he has nothing left to do, so he's just extra energy. So Charlie Sheen, when he was winning... This is the Tiger Blood was era, he Charlie ever winning? Yeah. <laughs> He's super popular on Two and a Half Men, but everything's going to crash down in, like, a month. This is when he's a warlock from Mars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's some millennial references right, right there. I, I know Charlie know. Sheen is Gen X, but the tiger blood thing, that's pure I was 22 when that happened. Oh, my goodness. Whatever wow. age I was, but, like, around that. Johnny and Danny decide that they are going to deal with all of this in a race, because... That's how Ghost Riders deal with things. <laughs> Johnny's about to win. However, a villain that he had fought, a, a deputy that had gotten injured in a battle with them, who had somehow gotten his hands on Johnny's Hellfire shotgun, shoots Johnny right before the finish line, allowing Danny to win. Ow. Mm-hmm. Also just getting shot with Hellfire shotgun. Ow. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> Uh, Danny takes the power away from them all, gives them the Zadkiel, and the gates of heaven fall, uh, making enough sound that it sets off Spider-Man's spider sense and is heard all the way from hell to Asgard. Shot heard around the universe. Yep. <laughs> Johnny Blaze, being like, well, not sure what we're going to do now, returns to the city of Skulls, which is the place where all of the Ghost Riders had gathered up. Only for Danny Ketch literally to fall from the sky, crashing down, going, I done messed up. Revealing that Zadgild used him as a weapon and that the battle for heaven had already been decided. Oh. Realizing that he was on the wrong side here. I mean, if are we the baddies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you are, Danny. Ketch parts ways with Blaze and Sister Sarah, taking to the open road on his motorcycle and uh, really monologuing to himself about being Zadkiel's puppet. He is just waiting for the world to end, thinks it's all done, just what the hell, I'm just going to wander around until then. Uh, he comes across a blown-up gas station destroyed by a demonically possessed villain known as the Highwayman. He attempts to just leave, but his bike refuses to budge. 
Ketch is forcibly turned into the Ghost Rider again after uh, he finds the highwaymen further up the road who slaughtered a bus full of UFO watchers in Arizona and various hippies to feed the demons in his semi-truck. <laughs> what just happened? Why did they go from zero to a hundred? <laughs> Wait, how was I fell from heaven at zero? That's fine, that happens in every comic. <laughs> but he slaughtered a bus of hippies and UFO watchers. <laughs> well, he's in Arizona, and two people flock to Arizona. Well, three people, old people too, but uh, yeah. hippies and UFO watchers. That's awesome. I mean, not for them. <laughs> Ghost Rider faces off against the highwayman, tearing his head off in a high-speed chase. The decapitated head attempts to crawl away by crawling or by growing little spider legs while cursing the Ghost Rider. Who and wrote I, this? Uh, Jason Aaron. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, okay. Then I'm I'm good with it then. <laughs> look, I don't like this ad kill story, but but some metal freaking things happened during the time. <laughs> it might be Cy Spurrier, but I don't think so. Mm. Uh, he wrote a Danny Ketch miniseries during that time, but I think it was the stuff leading up to being possessed by Zadokiel. Gotcha. Also, when I say cursing the Ghost Rider, I don't think he means, like, demon curses, but, like, Curse hey, you. screw you, buddy. I'll find <laughs> you later. Be fruitful and multiply, not in those words. <laughs> Ketch picks up the head and sets it ablaze with a spew of hellfire. He transforms back into Danny and spends a while going, man, I was so close to being get, being rid of the Ghost Rider again. <laughs> but were. clearly I can't because I'm super addicted to it. Except I don't think he has the self-awareness to admit to that. <laughs> and then the credits roll. Kind of. Following Danny's encounter with the Highwayman, he teams up with Blaze for a final assault on Zadkill, because what else are you going to do? They work with uh, Sister Sarah, Damon Hellstrom, and Jane Cutter to discover a portal into heaven. I thought, I thought Damon was he was cast from heaven in the one the series you read. I thought he wasn't allowed back up. Yes. They find the portal and then while the and ghost rider is going to heaven portal guys. He sends them off and he goes and makes out with Jane Moore. Oh okay. Jane was the the uh, uh, supernatural Mag hit lady. Yeah, magical terrorist. Whatever. God she was cool. Yeah. Okay, good for them. <laughs> He's like, look guys, portal. Anyways. They discover this by Danny selling his soul to the devil. Again. Which he had never actually done before this point. Oh, well, not. It had been the family curse or Zadkiel, the angel, manipulating him. Hmm. That's fair. Good for him. Good for him holding out that long. <laughs> Yeah. Once they take the fight to the Zadkill, they are initially beaten really badly. However, Blaze realizes how to call up the spirit of every spirit of vengeance of all time, and together they just curb stomp Zadkill into the, I guess, cloud dirt. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> they all dead. So what are you gonna do? Like it just. <laughs> well, we don't talk. I mean, we we kind of touched on it a little bit last time. Like. Ghost Rider, power level wise, is like a step down from cosmic level. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he could take yeah. on the Hulk. Like, he's. Yeah. I, so you started this episode talking about how your nephew would tell you stories about, like, then the ninjas attacked. So this is the same feeling of, like, we're fighting this guy and we're losing. So I summon everybody from all time to kill him. <laughs> I mean, I've not read these specific issues, so it might be better explained, but yes. <laughs> like. This is the thing when explaining comic books, man. It goes, as you mentioned, from zero to a hundred. Like, I was almost free of the Ghost Rider curse. Let's go to heaven and beat up that guy. 
Also, that bus full of people just died. That's fine. Maybe they'll help beat up that guy. <laughs> well, I find that a lot of people tend to think about the characters in the way that they act and, like, the way their power levels work when they're on teams. It's weird. I don't know why. Because they're all at, like, their weakest then. Yeah, usually if it's a team, the characters are powered down because they have to have all of the characters do an interesting thing. Or wildly powered up because they have to go punch God in the face. Right. I love solo series because, or mostly solo, or, like, focusing mm-hmm. on a specific A primary character with a collect mm-hmm. cast, yeah. Now, I love a good team book because of, like, the dichotomies that you get out of it. But, yes, if you want the wild, like, actual storylines. Like, we're told this is what these characters' powers are. Let's see them put to the test. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't actually see Danny again for years. He disappears after the defeat of Zadkiel. Next time we see him, he is a drunk owning a bar, which is a terrible idea, and is recruited by Johnny, who has become the King of Hell, to protect Alejandra Blaze who is being chased by the Carnage symbiote. He travels down, tries to save her, but fails because Carnage at that point has become redonkulously powerful in a crossover called Absolute Carnage. I was about to ask if that was Absolute Carnage. Yep. That ties into the Venom series by Donny Cates that I've read little bits of, and like we talk about zero to 60, that book starts at 60 and goes to a hundred. Uh, Pissed off and feeling like he failed Alejandra, he goes back to his bar and largely spends time being pissed off before being summoned to fight demons that had escaped. Uh, hell. Johnny Blaze, uh, as the new king of hell, attempts to get Danny to come help him out, but Danny refuses. An act he will later regret, because Johnny is clearly coming apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. He does, at one point, try to stop Johnny. However, Blaze strips Ketch of his spirit of vengeance and throws him off the Manhattan Bridge. At this point, he's saved by the returning caretaker, Sarah, and is sent to Limbo to get Necrosis from Belasco, the spirit of corruption. He faces a demon centaur man. With six arms. Yes, if I remember, does not win the fight, but does get the spirit of corruption still. Belasco kills that guy and then drops the blood into his eyes. Because it soups mean and Belasco's a... Mm. Yes. My favorite hell boss. I could see it. Um, <laughs> this is the series we read last time. It does get canceled pretty adopt- abruptly, so this story is pretty odd. But Danny teaming up with Doctor Strange and Wolverine and the Punisher ends up stabbing the uh, jo- the Demon King Ghost Rider Johnny, who has lost complete control of all of his powers, with his weird spirit of corruption blade. Uh, the Blight Blade. The Blight Blade, which somehow purifies him of all of his demon possession, and he becomes normal power scary Ghost Rider. The next time we see him, he has changed his name to Death Rider and convinces Johnny to surrender the soul or the throne of hell because only Mephisto can stop what weird demon rebellions are coming. And they know how to deal with Mephisto in ways that they would not know how to deal with if Lilith had successfully taken over. Ta-da! Woo! The, the latter half of Danny's story is really as a secondary character for the most part. So it does go from like... I'm teaming up with all of these people and cool things are happening to like, well, I'm a drunk and pissed off now. 
I guess that's what we have for that part. Yep, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss, once again, the beginning. So maybe it's just because this book came out in 1990, but I feel like Danny Ketch probably listened to just a metric crap ton of Nirvana. Maybe Nirvana made music about him. Smells like teen spirit? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just young and pissed off at the world. (laughs) My leather's on fire. (laughs) So... I, uh, we picked this one for a couple of reasons. One, just because they had the first 20 issues, and there's not really a definitive, like, this is Danny's storyline. So this was a fun way to do it. And also because we've never done this with you before. Mm-hmm. We have read major big storylines before. We've read longer things before. Uh, you know, the whole Scarlet Witch solo series. But we've never done the first appearance on where we can see how the character evolves just from issue to issue. Also, it just weirdly blows my mind that there is no, like, this is the Danny Ketch storyline, because since his is, like, he has the iconic power set. Mm-hmm. He really does. But at the same time, there's not really a the Johnny no. storyline. Like, in some ways, the closest there is is Doctor Strange Damnation, where he takes over as King of Hell, and even then, he's not... It's not Ghost Rider Damnation. Mm-mm. One thing I, I want to bring up on this, and then we'll talk about like what you thought of this series. I know you enjoyed it, but you can see a note here of a thing that Marvel was desperate to do in the early 90s, which was to find their next Peter Parker. Oh, I can see that. Because Peter had aged up, and this I mean, he was still selling really well, but they were kind of worried that some of the like shine had run off of the mm-hmm. character, and they no longer had the young, troubled teenager character, because at this point, Pete's married. His his aunt is dead within the next couple years. I mean, it turns out that, no, she was just kidnapped by Norman Osborn, and it was a weird, angry plot, but that's not important to this. Ooh, that was a bad storyline. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Peter is a full-fledged married adult. They're like, oh, God, we need... This generation's Peter Parker. We need the troubled teen with money concerns and, oh, God, what's happening? And they tried it several times with kind of fun results with this, with a character named Darkhawk, who will come up if we ever do our cosmic season. Um, They were all kind of like angry, edgier versions because it was the 90s and everyone was angrier and edgier. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the comics themselves were really edgy. Especially the first few, like, they tackled racism and uh, homelessness and all this other stuff and murder. Just... The first couple pages. A little clunkily, but yeah, they yeah. tried it. Yeah, The attempts were there. Oh, yeah. And obviously with the right intentions. Yes. Also, back when we read uh, Hellstorm, Prince of Lies, the reading we did for our Damien Hellstrom episode, that like first half before Warren Ellis took over, mm-hmm. we t- uh, Tyler and I talked about how badly it wanted to be a Vertigo comic book from DC. It also desperately wanted to be this book. <laughs> that book launched in 1993 at this at that point Ghost Rider it would have been about 10 issues ahead of where we've read mm-hmm. and it was one of yeah it was the wanting to capture books. this magic yeah that it was that desperate to find that like kind of gritty dark demon magic stuff this book definitively does it better but partly because Howard Mackey writes it for like 40 issues as opposed to that Hellstorm book we read went through like five writers and 12 Mm -hmm. issues, which is never a good sign. 
But hit hit us with your thoughts, Mac. You're you're a noob for this one. <laughs> so I felt like the beginning, it just started really quickly, but mm-hmm. it had to have. So uh, I had a. <laughs> I always forget. I mean, I've already said this, but I always forget how quickly it started. From like, we don't know who Danny is. We don't know who Barbara is. She's just like, here's this kid. Okay, she's shot. Okay, he's Ghost Rider. Go. <laughs> there would have been like. Two issues before the Ghost Rider appeared, or at least the end of the first issue in a modern comic. They would have drawn that out. They were like, nope, by page 10. <laughs> like, I knew I knew she had to be dead. Because uh, we had read his what mm-hmm. he looks like in the future. And I knew he was Ghost Rider. I just didn't expect it to happen in, like, three pages. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. And then I also was confused at first. I thought that it was significant that he touched the gas cap with her blood because that's what he was covered in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was perhaps why she was in the coma, like the bike was feeding off of her. Uh, there, but I don't, that would be interesting. But it never went that way. She just was just... That <laughs> it been could have something to do with it because there is a thing that I don't fully understand here. Barbara is his older sister. Mm-hmm. She should have been the person to transform into the Ghost Rider after Johnny was removed from the family curse. Because mm. Mephisto didn't cancel out the curse. He just removed Johnny from it and had him become a ghost rider. There's a lot of analogy of her being the better half. And like he even says, like, whenever I'm in a dark place, you usually turn on the light. Yeah. And he's and like, on fire. I'm a big old coward. And, you know. Yeah. And she's not. So and this feels... is where we make a note for another future comic for us. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. if Barbara Ketch had become the ghost rider? No, she's been. What she if secretly she secretly has been the whole time down in hell the entire time? A ghost rider. And she comes back. Oh, God, that'd be cool. Yeah. Or she's the ghost rider part of him. Well, no, that's noble. But like, oh, maybe the second spirit of mm-hmm. that he gets. That could be fun. I don't know. But. Uh, she does come back as a zombie at least once. At least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it. I have all these enemies, the, the the villains that we came across, I have never read in comic book form. I have seen all of them in either TV show or movie or cartoon. So this Kingpin was awesome. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed... This was a big era for Kingpin. It was King's like, really oh, you've good. got this kind of like street-level hero. Time to do a Kingpin story. And like you could... Just the way they introduced him and how, like, he's not only, like, incredibly intelligent, like, runs, like, the underworld there. He could literally just crush your face with his hands. Like It is the thing that I think a lot of people forget that I actually thought Vincent D'Onofrio does a great job of. He's not fat. He's, he's just muscle. Big. Yeah. He like, has 450 pounds of muscle. He stops a samurai sword and shatters it with his hands. Like, if he was fat, that wouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> If you want the fat one, you want the slug, who's the kingpin of Miami. Which, what a terrible place to be <laughs> if you are a 450-pound man oh, who no. has to have a repulsor sled because you can't get up. Oh, he is just soaked all <laughs> the time. Is, oh, no. no. Just oh. imagine the smell. He is oh, just no. bathing in his own juices. He's a hard-coded. I should not have mentioned the slug. Um, <laughs> he's a hard-coded oh. in, in Marvel Universe. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he's the slug because when he's off his repulsor slide, he leaves a slime trail. (laughs) That's how he gets around. He has to liquefy the stuff on the floor to, like, slither. (laughs) All right, let's go back to the demons here, shall we? (laughs) Um, We never left. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he was super cool. Uh, I I enjoyed him in those first couple issues. I didn't really enjoy 
the demon guy who could read your memories. He was kind of eh. Death Watch. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. His mask is cool. Other than that, he's a pretty generic. I'm a mysterious businessman with strange powers and ninjas. Um, yeah. Yo, just because the we ended up running into both of them in the course of these issues. I want a villain team up between Blackout and Snowblind so bad. I think it's later revealed, if I remember stuff I read like mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago, uh, Snowblind is a minion of Death Watch, so it's at least possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I turn everything dark. I turn everything white so no one can see. How do those powers even... Also, those are the most 90s powers of like, we're running out of powers, let's make up some fun stuff. <laughs> Snowblind cool. is useless, by the way. Like, yeah. just imagine him going against Daredevil and being like, what, I don't, what's happening? <laughs> I already can't see, so there you go. <laughs> Daredevil just walks up and punches him in the face. He's like, wait, how did you... What, bro? Like, I can't see either. So easy. Uh, that was he was super cool. I am actually probably gonna do a deep dive into Daredevil stuff because I have some good stuff I can recommend you. I enjoyed the TV series. It was not like amazing, but I really enjoyed it. First season's really good. Second season is really high and really low. Never got to the third season, but I know Tyler. Liked I really it. like it. I really like it. I enjoyed watching it. It's it good. That was my... Charlie Cox is great. The, mm-hmm. Like, the only time I'd ever seen the Kingpin was in Spider-Man cartoons when I was super young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't know Daredevil was in any way associated with the Kingpin until I watched the TV series. He was not originally, but uh, Frank Miller was taking over writing Daredevil, and Daredevil didn't have any really iconic villains. There was, like, Bullseye, but he's not really a a boss character. Mm. Uh, and then there was like the owl, but the owl is a pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. So no one was using Kingpin, and Frank Miller was like, "Hey, I pretty much want to write nothing but crime noir." And Kingpin is the king. Can I man. use him? Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And it indelibly linked the two together to the point that some people forget that Kingpin is, associated with is Spider-Man. a Spider-Man villain first. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the Punisher is wrapped in now too. Mm-hmm. But that was super cool. I. I liked this Doctor Strange wasn't, even though he's from the era where he should be, was not as much of a as he usually is. So that was enjoyable. I do like Doctor Strange, but I have to point out he no, wasn't. No, he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wasn't rude this time, uh, which is super fun. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed Zodiac. He was just a silly, over-the-top demon thing. There's something about the gregarious murder villain that is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. He, he literally waits on a roof. And when he shows up, turns around with a fire hose and hits him with some water. What up? <laughs> also, he cannot resist setting out robot duplicas. You know, like, yeah. And he's like, nope, guess what? This one's dupla too. You're hey. getting closer. I only can make No, I'm really mad. Yeah. No, I'm really mad because that was the last of my duplicates <laughs> just to pull this off. And look what you did with it. That's super cool. I, I think overall... The, the pace at which all these stories went together kind of matches probably how he's feeling turning in and out of Ghost Rider. It's just chaotic and nonstop for him. He's not really getting that time to breathe. It's just go, go, go. Does being the Ghost Rider count as you get in your REM cycles? <laughs> he's getting some cycles. He doesn't look... Oh, God. <laughs> get out. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I am fired, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And that's a series wrap on Mackenzie. So you mentioned Punisher. 
There is no more 90s a thing than the Punisher appearing in your book. That was their way of, like, if they could, the Punisher would appear in the first year of a new character's book because the Punisher was huge in the early 90s. Is Flag Smasher just Marvel's version of V for Vendetta? Flag Smasher, I'm not sure where he first appears. I, I would bet Captain America, but I'm not 100% sure. But he is a anarchist. I like him as a villain. Um, I think he'd do good in modern comics. He... Back and forth. He is the villain. They did a version of the Flag Smashers for Falcon and Winter Soldier. If mm. you've seen that, that's what they took yeah. the thing from. Oh, now, that okay. is a very different Flag very Smasher different. because she's got a point and he is entitled White Boy Anarchist, <laughs> um, yeah. which I was kind of looking forward to getting in the series because there are some really cool anarchists. And then there are some really... Flag smasher, I'm a <laughs> bag anarchists. Yeah. And like, I would kind of love to see those get punched in the face sometimes. I'm sorry, I'm actually not a violent person, but I do like fiction. <laughs> um, I like seeing him lose, which makes him a good villain for me. Did he have his mace in this one? No. Okay. No. He just had that suit from that evil corporation. Uh, uh, Hammer. 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 Oh, yeah, okay. That was about it. And then he got armed like So. Chains. He often carries, instead of, you know, like, Captain America's got a shield, other characters, you know, Zemo uses a sword. He's got a mace. Not like a spiked mace, but like, you know, big club with a big round part on the top that you whack people in the face with. Mm. Um, He actually was mentioned in the very first comic we ever read for this book, or for this series. He doesn't appear in it, but in Doctor Strange, the Oath... That very first scene where they're hanging, where two people are hanging out in the waiting room of Night Nurse, oh. Aranya mentions that she was fighting some big guy with That's a mace and got hit in the face. <laughs> and Spider Man sent her there, and Iron or Iron Fist goes, "Ah, first time flag smasher." <laughs> <laughs> so like, oddly, and I don't know why I just remembered that flag smasher traces all the way back to our very first appearance in this show. He's been around the block. Uh, He's not a great villain. No. But he is the one to show up every once in a while because he is... <laughs> you know what he reminds me of? Who? <laughs> the French bad guy. Patrick <laughs> Zaliba! <laughs> and oh, also the, from the Live Free Die Hard uh, Bruce Willis movies. Oh, no, you're talking about <laughs> not Batroc Zaliba. He's talking about Hans Gruber. There we the, go. Oh. I got the same vibe from him that I can do Maybe, from wait. Hans Gruber. No, do you no, mean, no. Hans is... Hans is from the first one. Do you yeah, mean Live I mean, Free Die Hard or the first Die Hard movie? The first Die Hard. So Hans so Gruber. Hans Gruber. Oh, okay. So Hans. Severus Snape. He, 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 Alan Rickman. Thank you. <laughs> he, he gave me very similar vibes. I'm like, huh. <laughs> the Metatron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Jeremy Irons' character from the third one. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Flag Smasher is a fun... B or C level villain because he's big enough he's that he's a threat that you have to take him kind of serious because he's got ultimatum behind on his him. Good day, he's C plus. I don't think he's ever been in the B tier. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's big enough that you have to deal with him, uh, so you can use him for like team up stories or whatever because he's got the minions. He gives guns to kids. So I mean, you have to deal with that <laughs> when you <laughs> when your whole goal is give him a gun. <laughs> I feel like that was such a, an attempt to deal with some of the social ills of like, because I mean, people were funneling guns into lower income areas of the cities. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about that, but we'll have Flag Smasher do it. So it's a comic. I, I just love Danny showing up like, this is where you get the gun, this is where you get the hardware, and they're just like, bro, get if, out you, of here. if you're asking <laughs> out loud, you're obviously not supposed to be here. Get out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Jesus. What a sweet summer child. <laughs> Danny does live in this, like, really weird balance between the two of, like, tough enough that there's a good chance he probably would have beat up Peter Parker in middle school, but, like, not nearly tough enough to stop do anything. Ever. <laughs> like, it's so weird. He's like, he's like the 50s version of a tough street kid, but then you put him out on the tough streets and he's kind of oddly sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's also like, <laughs> they won't ever understand this darkness that I have inside of me. It's like, dude, just just talk to him. Like, they'd probably be fine. <laughs> You've saved okay. everyone there. But that's that's like ninety five percent of comic books. Though. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, odd factoid that I discovered while reading this. You know the his buddy Jack. He's the guy that helps him like lock up the motorcycle oh, for an issue, awesome. and then they yeah. mention him a few more times. That guy becomes a superhero. What's he trying oh. to? The Shriker. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> Wait, he wears a shrieker, like, not like shrieker. Hold on. I'm scared. S H R I K E R. Yep, nope, that's Shriker. That's okay. Shriker. That's Shriker. It's like Riker with an S H. What's he do? Martial arts. They talk about, like, because he hits, like, when those people come in to, like, steal oh, a Bruce thing, Lee. the thing, yeah. they call him Bruce Lee and he, like, kicks a guy. Next time we see, not next time, he appears repeatedly, but. He appears wearing an all-purple bodysuit with what looks like little, like, you know, when uh, how Iron Fist has the, like, oh, yeah. danglies coming out behind where he ties his thing. He's got those, but, like, a full face mask. He's got a staff, and he was trained in the martial arts. And he shows up to help out. And loses. Because it's corrupt. Uh, after him and his sensei are targeted by Death Watch... So he's like a knockoff daredevil? Hold on. I'm going to just read these two paragraphs. Okay. Later, Jack and his sensei were targeted by Death Watch. Jack was injured and later abducted from the hospital. However, Ghost Rider was able to free him with the help of Yuji's son, his sensei, Sean Watanabe, and Wolverine. Sometime later, Ghost Rider found himself assisted by the mysterious Shriker. Jack eventually revealed that he was Shriker... I'm just always going to put that emphasis. There's nothing to be done about it. However, Dan asks him to stay out of the Ghost Rider's conflicts as things were getting too dangerous. And then he's just never seen again <laughs> until he is briefly mentioned. He took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, my buddy doesn't want me doing this, so... I'll, I'll sleep. I, I I'm guess out. I'm done. See you in Argentina. <laughs> he is next seen in the, uh, shortly after Civil War where he's listed as a potential recruit for the initiative. Oh. Now, Civil War did after at the end of Civil War, all superheroes were recruited and mm -hmm. became government trained, enlisted, yada yada. Yep, yep. And they released this book called the Initiative Files. That's literally just like an omnibus of all heroes. Just dozens and dozens of the forgettable heroes who have and antiheroes who have appeared over the years, being like, we should consider this person for the initiative. Absolutely not on that one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like we heard, we heard this guy dressed up for two days. Let's consider him. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Rider told him to stop, so he did. So. 
We know he can take orders well. <laughs> he took them real well. Oh, boy. He appears up through Ghost Rider 63 and then is not really seen again. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course he isn't. Oh, my. That's awesome. Uh, Jack Duria. I really enjoyed the Hobgoblin. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. I um, I did not. Okay, so we saw Scarecrow, which I think Scarecrow is an amazing villain. I liked how he's obsessed and he has the whole, like, I got to murder people, rip out their insides. Like, interesting. Uh, and then he dies, which I was not aware he actually died. I just thought, I already thought he wasn't normal to begin with. I'm amazed with. that you knew Marvel had a Scarecrow villain. I used to watch old, I know him from Batman. Different Scarecrow. Yes. This is why I was surprised there was a Scarecrow here. So That's I, what I mean. Yeah. Because uh, the Scarecrow I know, I was like, I think he's died before anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. Probably. But also he, <laughs> I'm not sure. He also, so, he also slips through that the grate on the street, and that's not something a normal human can do. So he like, physically is not normal. Yes. He is a escape artist that is one of those, like, double-jointed and ridiculous number of places so he can escape anything. He was originally an Iron Man villain before really quickly being like, no, this is not a good team-up. No. Captain uh, America is probably decent, though, with him. Where he dresses up as Scarecrow, he had a couple of trained crows, and he used a pitchfork. They're dead, by the by, uh, those crows. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. They got obliterated by that cheap. <laughs> he's like, kill him! He's, he's like, what? Um, <laughs> Scarecrow... <laughs> Becomes more of a cap villain because, I mean, it's still not crazy dangerous, but, like, you can put him in the, like, group of villains and have him be, like, a pain to deal with for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally wants Captain America to be Yes, he becomes him. obsessed with Captain <laughs> America and becomes increasingly crazy. Because they're trying to make him scary because yeah. they're like, well, we can't compete with the DC Scarecrow, so we might as well, like, cash in a little bit. And then he's like, and the Penister doesn't work on him either. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's nuts. Yeah, he's already in pain. He doesn't care. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, and then he comes back, kind of possesses bodies for a while. At one point, I believe, possesses the body of Barbara Ketch. And then we see him again years later, and he's just alive again, because clearly someone was not paying attention <laughs> and just included him because they liked Scarecrow That's or fair. like thought he looked fun or would look good in this. Or he, with his costume, say, he looks really fun. Visually, be a very fun team up with Jack-O-Lantern. Another character who's died multiple times and no one's quite sure how he came back. Mm-hmm. We don't worry about it. Uh, there's this thing about the D-level supervillains, which Scarecrow, Definitely. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. like worse than Flag Smasher. Which is why I like him. Um, oh, no, I love, these are the characters I love. That's why we do this freaking show. <laughs> they have so much flavor. Yeah, because you can do anything with them, because who cares? It's like the talkies but, you buy from the store, you can suck on them, but I don't actually eat them. <laughs> a lot of these villains are killed, usually to show someone else being more dangerous, to put stakes in. But then they'll come back, usually because the next person that wants to put stakes down... Has no idea. ...did not do their full research. I mean, because for years there wasn't Wikipedia to do this. Also, who's going to look for every like, comic How did Scarecrow that? come back? And like, I don't even care, man. What I like about it is there's the indication that they have these whole lives going on that we never see. I love it. <laughs> there's this, like, epic story about how Scarecrow escaped hell to return to life that we'll never know. Right. Or the other alternative is when the world was reset for various magic things, secret wars, yada yada, <laughs> reality warping things. Scarecrow was brought back to life and was like, oh boy! 
Which are also things okay. that happen what an experience. quite often. <laughs> Not as bad as on the DC side, but yeah. I noticed there was a... Was it the same artist through all 20 issues? Most. I noticed there was a small shift between the last couple issues of... Like, it was basically the same art style, but there was like it was like an upgraded form. It was more... It's mostly, I believe, Mark Texieres. I believe a man named Salteras does some issues. Oh, yeah. Did you guys read the Doctor Strange issues that crossed over with this? Because we didn't put it in the reading, but, like, he sees Strange and, like, to be continued in Doctor Strange number, number no, whatever. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I love... That's actually one of my favorite Doctor Strange series. It's great. But the quality drop between, like, the art of this is that's really good to like forgettably serviceable artist who's working on Doctor Strange. I was like, oh God. Oh, this is hard to read now. <laughs> like, like there's a panel in the series I because I was reading like the last two or three before I came over. Mm-hmm. And my fiance was leaving to go to work and she looked over. She's like, man, that guy's face is really detailed. It was like a close up of like the priest's face or something mm-hmm. when he was preaching. I was like, yeah, yeah it's really detailed. <laughs> Texiera clearly believes in the crosshatch. Like, he mm-hmm. is... There is this theory in comics that I've heard espoused that every line you put on a person's face adds an extra ten years or five years or whatever. He does not subscribe to that theory, but he actually does a pretty good job of not making them look ancient, even though he puts on lines everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it looked. it really looked like just an old, out-of-shape priest. Mm-hmm. Just okay, exactly what so that dude looked old, but, yeah. like, you know... Danny looks like, I mean, he doesn't look quite like a teenager, but he is yeah. at that weird, like, 19... 20-ish. Yeah, I, I am pretty sure they claim he's 19 at this point, so he is still living with his family. And he's young enough to have that, like, young, troubled teenager, but he's not in high school, high school anymore, so they don't be. have to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. half the people he talks to are murdered with <laughs> yeah. few issues. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't get necessarily better. <laughs> the monologue that Blackout gives to his comatose sister is brutal. Oh, God. <laughs> I actually have real issues with how Barbara was treated in all of this, oh, but it is a weakness of terribly. the era of comics that we've discussed. I mean, if the end of your story is, on Halloween, I was put into a coma by being shot by a ninja with a crossbow bolt and then eaten by a guy who turns the room dark. <laughs> <laughs> If it helps, Blackout will eventually... Because Blackout is literally weak to the sun. Mm. Um, Among other things, he will have the other half of his face burned off. Good. And then he will be tied to the top of the World Trade Center, to place this is pre-2001, by the Ghost Rider as the sun rises, where he theoretically burns to death, although he reappears again years later where the superior Spider-Man, so Doc Ock and Spider-Man's body, Mm. will kidnap him and then dissect him alive to figure out what's going on. Blackout does not have a good day for the rest of his life. Well, okay, that's fair. I didn't think Ghost Rider would do that. (laughs) Holy crap. There's there's vengeance, and then there's just... quite a bit later in the series. Blackout (laughs) killed several more people in the process. Okay. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but... Ghost Rider I saw from like I ride again I give vengeance to and it's tied to the roof of the building when the sun rises here's vengeance <laughs> um he does become a real vampire or more of a real vampire later on as I said and I have a plan we have a like 
kind of important but don't deserve their own episode set of demons coming up at the end of this. Got it. We're going to do a little more on Blackout and Death Watch in those stories. Uh, so we'll get a better cover. It's going to be like Blackout, Death Watch, Despair, mm-hmm. the Nasterian demons, Lilith. The Lilith? The Lilith, yeah. There's two Lilith characters, and they're both going to come up and don't deserve their own goddamn episodes. So, kind of sorry, everyone with that name. It's Vampire Lilith and Weird Head Lilith. Now, I know I know. with what we read last week, it had already had quite a bit of Danny in it as well. But what did you think of the difference uh, in the focus between focusing on Johnny versus focusing on Danny? Do you have a preference between them? Danny. Damn. Really? That you're you were the only person other than me who I have ever heard say that. I just really like Danny. Uh they're both amazing. I mean, out of those two, I'd probably go with Danny as well. It's just that Robbie exists, so I'm going to go Robbie. When it comes to the characters themselves, Johnny's the most iconic and understandably so. Danny's name is Johnny Blaze. Yes. Which he's amazing. I love Johnny. I really, as I said, I really like this version of Johnny. I was a ghost writer. I escaped. I'm going to teach you how to survive this. The problem is once they leave that mentor-mentee relationship, Danny, as he gets older, struggles to have a character. Yeah. The farther you get away from the troubled teen setup. Yeah. Although, if we read more about Cosmic Rider... I'm ex- I love the cosmic. I am writer. extremely interested in what is happening with that mess of a human. <laughs> the one oh man. So after last time, when they're suddenly like, well, now there's gonna be a spirit of corruption, because Belasco's gonna get making his own type of rider. Can Nightmare make his own kind of rider? That'd be super cool. Nightmare's powers really fluctuate a lot, and he's kind of a little <laughs> so like <laughs> Probably, but I don't think he has the imagination or the reliable <laughs> power set to do it. I like, I think Belasco is my favorite Hell Lord. I really like Mephisto, but I think Belasco is just my favorite. I'm curious, <clears throat> why? I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want to, like, I not like, that you're my favorite can be wrong, but. <laughs> no, it's like, I like the way his realm looks more. He feels more. You don't really know what you're going to get with him half the time, and I feel like that's how it should be. Mephisto, you know, I can't trust you, ever. And Wait, you, <clears throat> what part of any story we've read with Belasco makes you think you could ever possibly trust him? Oh, you can't. But like, <laughs> he's more mysterious because there's less, no- at least for me, there's less known about him. And so whenever I'm, you're interacting with him in a comic, My name like, isn't hey. Mephistopheles, so I guess that might turn out better this time. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, I get what you're getting. Because, like, Belasco is just kind of like an evil magician. Yeah, and you don't whereas, know what's going to happen. Whereas Mephisto, it's like, it's I'm the, the devil. devil. <laughs> okay, I kind of know what's going on yeah, here. There's a core of rules that I can follow the pretty much no, like, Even Suicide was like, so this this deal's gonna bite me in the butt, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but do you have any other choice? No. Good point. <laughs> when, when Belasco shows up, you're like, what's gonna happen? I have no clue what he wants. I have, oh, I know what he ultimately wants. Like, what's his end goal here? What's he doing? He just killed his own guy and made a new one. I don't know what's happening. His end goal is that he's super obsessed with magic. Anything else is kind of a side quest. Which is but... also why I like him, because... <laughs> Because magic is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, um, a, I'm a wizard at heart. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean magic like Ilyana Rasputin. Also that. I like um, magic. <laughs> that was also a really fun series to read. But I'm going to say, Suicide, the worst part of what we read. 
Mm. I didn't think he was terrible, but like, let me die! <laughs> What's the one thing that can kill me? It couldn't be this easy, but I'm going to try anyway! <laughs> <laughs> Ow, that hurt! <laughs> if I make a deal with you, it's going to go bad. Yeah, probably. Oh, let's make a deal. Come on, buddy. A for effort. A for effort. <laughs> I like the evolution of all the looks of, dif- of the different writers I've seen. Most of them feel very distinct. Mm-hmm. When you come across them, there are a few where you see, I don't even remember their names, which is probably why they're not distinct. But for the most part, I mean, there's only three that the names really matter. matter. Alejandra and Cosmic, if you want, but like, <laughs> I don't, even though he is a writer, I suppose, I don't view him as in the same group. It's there's why the ghost he's writers. not getting his own episode, even though he deserves one. <laughs> yeah. Because if we ever are able to do our cosmic season, he's like first on the friggin' list. Yeah, like, because from what little I've seen of him, there's the ghost writers, and then there's whatever he is. <laughs> he's not even well. He's a ghost writer. He's a herald of Galactus, and he's the Punisher. Like that's a really bad time. <laughs> God, yeah. Does he have anything else? Oh yeah. Um, he's completely insane because he spent a century or two alone as the last living thing on planet earth. No, but I want to say that I think his bike might be connected to a cosmic cube in some way. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look this up, but I, I I feel like there's something else that just makes him even more ridiculous. He's created by Donnie Cates, the guy who I said his venom series starts at 60 and goes from there. Cosmic ghost writer shows what I mean. Yeah. He's pretty insane. And also doesn't care about anything. Which is fair <laughs> for him, because I only can because Im- I know background stories for three of those things. But when you put them together, I can't imagine how terrible his life has been from start to finish. Fans really have like, a quote unquote, fans the sweaty neckbeards that the show is designed to avoid. Try to be really like he's terrible. He's just these, and I'm like he's every character you love wrapped into one. Shut up and like enjoy it. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> He's trying to tap into Deadpool. Yeah, Yeah. Deadpool's fun and popular. Like, and I'm not even a big Deadpool fan. Oh, oh, he has a shard of the Time Stone. That's how he gets around everywhere in any time. (sighs) Sure. (laughs) And his chains are created from the bones of Sidorak. Sidorak? I'm not placing that one off the top of my head. Isn't that one of the things that Strange calls power from? Probably. Oh, okay. Big demon thing. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, what I was saying before, I forgot. Johnny Blaze is the most iconic. Mm. Danny Ketch is my ghost rider. Sidorak? Uh, the one that Juggernaut has. Sidorak. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy who gave Juggernaut his powers. Yeah, so his chains are crafted from Sidorak's bones. Oh man, Juggernaut. Oh, man, he needs to be Juggernaut. That's a comic we should make. <laughs> um, but... Johnny Blaze most iconic. Danny Ketch is my ghostwriter. Robbie Reyes is the only one where I give a crap about the person behind the ghostwriter. Like, on a significant basis. He's trying to be a good brother. Yep. <clears throat> Which I totally am down with. Which, on that note, our reading for next time, when we get to the Robbie Reyes episodes, we are going to read the first two Robbie Reyes Series like the the two solo series he's had. The first one is just titled Ghost Rider. It would have come around, around out around like 2012. Mm-hmm. The artist is Trad Moore. It is very definably like origin of Robbie Reyes. And the second one is literally just called Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Should be about 18 issues all told. Also, it's modern comics, so it's a pretty easy read. And that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. 
For those of you staying on the island, the nightly game of dodgeball starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.